Hey guys, we have an incredible podcast coming your way. We're going to teach you exactly how to look great, feel strong at your ideal body weight. How? By teaching you about the latest innovations and the discoveries about hormones, the herbs, the natural approaches that will help you to optimize your stem cells, your mitochondria. Please stay tuned. This is a show you must listen to. Anyways, it's cited in the McDougal plan under the chapter on, on milk, on dairy. So uh, Dr. Boat, he was taking care of uh, children who had such severe swelling of their adenoids and their tonsils that they couldn't breathe. And so they developed, uh, as a result, infiltrates in their lungs. I mean, they were really, really sick. And he took these kids and took them off cow's milk and all of them cured. You know, it's interesting. And by the way, uh, you know, Chef AJ, you know, you you really appreciate what's going on because you're in the community when you're doing these events and daily talks and you're on, I think it's uh, YouTube daily. I'm on Spotify, iTunes and YouTube. And so, you know, for me, I see these things and I, I also am wondering, you know, with your story that was this painful situation. And I also want to go to John's situation because I've never actually, I, I can't honestly remember a time where he's talked about how what he was doing as a young man led to a stroke how young he was and how did he feel after he had that situation was that his turning point or did he did you have a turning point way after that uh uh, john and chef ag i i want to kind of get a sense for your personal story because i think this is key that people know it should you shouldn't wait till you have a stroke or a heart attack or consider suicide but we need to tell people these stories because they got to know we came. I had a stroke too when I was a young man. So, Chef AJ, what was your turning point? How painful, how low did you have to drop? And, John, how low did you have to drop? Oh, pretty low. I wrote a whole book about it. But, yeah, you know, I mean, my, my, my well, different turning points were different things that I accomplished in my life. But when I finally lost weight after being obese for over 50 years, it was when I broke my knee. I had a slip and fall accident, and I was just too fat to use crutches or a walker. And I was in a wheelchair for like four months, and I couldn't even go to the bathroom by myself. And I had my husband helping me, and that was just humiliating. And I said that as soon as I got out of the wheelchair, I was going to do something about it. And I did. And that's that. So that was my rock bottom. So, but I had a lot of rock bottoms, you know, before that, but for losing weight, because, you know, like I said, I was vegan for many years, but I was what Dr. McDougall lovingly calls the fat vegan, because you don't, veganism doesn't necessarily mean health or even slimness. And uh, I learned that the hard way and the long way. And the funny thing is, is my mother was morbidly obese. So was my brother. He was a medical doctor. They both died from complications due to obesity. And my mother had Dr. McDougall's book on her bookshelf, like when she died, uh, it was unread, it wasn't even open. And it's like, you know, it's just, it's mind blowing how many people suffer and die from not reading that book. And Chef AJ, was it something that was very painful for you to be actually transitioning to be a chef uh, as a vegan chef, but be called a fat chef. Most chefs, it's okay to be fat because it's yeah. a sign that they, they make good food. But yeah. for you, Wayne, what, about 180, may I ask, and about five yeah. foot three? So, 
So I, no, I'm, I'm actually, I was 5'6". I was in an accident where I broke my back, so I'm 5'5 five, five now. But my highest weight was probably about 200. But when Dr. McDougall knew me fat, I wasn't quite that high. I was about one, 165, so I'm about 50 pounds less now. But I remember I graduated, I went to culinary school late. I, I didn't graduate until 2003. And I remember I started teaching classes at Whole Foods. And, I, and my classes were very popular because my food is good. And I, I had about 77 people at this class at the Whole Foods Pasadena. And I'm doing my class and this guy raises his hand I think he's going to ask me a question about the recipe he goes excuse me if the vegan diet's so good why are you so fat oh. and, and I'm like you know I felt like saying I don't know it must be something I ate I felt like saying I don't know why are you such an asshole but, <laughs> but you know I honestly didn't know why I was fat. I really didn't. It took me going to True North to learn basically everything Dr. McDougall teaches, but I had to have like Dr. Lyle and Dr. I mean, that's like, I'm a slow learner, but I had Dr. Lyle and Dr. Goldhammer sit me down and basically explain the McDougall program to me, which, you know, once you understand calorie density, it's pretty hard to be overweight when you understand that. And, and especially when you're doing a starch-based oil-free diet. So, you know, I, and I had known Dr. McDougall, you know, I taught, spoken at his event as, you know, and, and, and as a fat vegan. And I just, I really, here's the thing. Dr. McDougall has been saying something for 40 years. And I want you to remember this. I have it on t-shirts and mugs and coasters. The fat you eat is the fat you wear. And there's a lot of people that will argue with him and disagree with him. But if you are fat, especially if you're a woman, that's, that's the truth. And once I just really took that to heart and just stopped eating all the, cause I wasn't eating sugar, oil or salt. And it's like, and I said to Dr. Lara, I said, how can I be so fat? I'm not eating any of these things. I'm on a whole food plant-based diet. But again, it was caloric density, nuts, seeds, avocado, tahini, you know, that stuff's healthy. But if you're fat, it's not for you. It's not your food. Hey, Chef AJ, you have a song about John McDougall, I think. Yeah, I remember I sang, I sang it at the McDougall Event Study Week, and I think it's been a long time, but John McDougall has a plan based on carbohydrates. If you eat it, you'll be thin and not have ass or thigh weight. John McDougall, he's the man. He's the smartest Play-Doh. Eating starch will make you thin. Just eat a damn potato. You won't have a fat ass or thighs? Yeah, you won't have ass or thigh weight. Yeah. <laughs> true. It's never not work. You, you know, it's, it's true. I had a lady back, and her name was Colleen, and, and she worked at a, uh, at a hospital and was preparing the food buffet line. And she came to my classes, and she said, Nick, I just want to fit in those designer jeans. And I said, well, listen, I know there's a genetic tendency, you know, the hourglass shape or the, or, or, or the, the apple shape and what's the other one? The pear shape, right? And she goes, well, I have a pear shape. I have a very lean upper body, you know, very small upper body and very big uh, hips and thighs. And I saw her in person. So I said, oh yeah, I see that. And she goes, I just want to fit in designer jean. Well, I told her there's an unfortunate situation. When you first start losing weight, you lose weight proportionally from top and bottom. So it's, it's going to look like you're losing even more weight up top. But if you continue, I guarantee, even though you have that genetic tendency, that those fat thighs, I didn't use that word. I was polite. I said, those thighs, the, the, you know, the hips, you know, the, 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 it's going to shrink down. And to the word, she says, I can't do it. I'm at a, a hospital buffet. And I said, you know what? You're going to choose the foods on the hospital buffet. Do they have corn there? She said, yes. Do they have potatoes? She, she said, yes. Do they have rice? She said, yes. Do they have salad? She said, yes. Do you have fruit? She said, yes. I said, just skip, skip the meat and dairy and just eat those every day. 
At the end of a year, she could fit in her designer jeans. And she was so happy. 20 years later, she had kept it off. 30 years later, kept it off. I had a guy named John who was a real estate guy. He took our six-week classes. 30 years later, he's kept over 200 pounds off. And, you know, John, you have these examples, but I want to go, you know, John, to your story. What happened? How did it lead up to a stroke? And, and what did you feel like when that happened? I was raised by very well-meaning parents, and they'd been through the Great Depression and suffered a lot. And so my mother had to live on turnips and potatoes during those years of economic downturn in the United States. And uh, she promised uh, that she'd never let her family suffer like she did. And so she made sure that all of her four children were well-fed. And of course, like every parent at that time, uh, they believed that calcium and protein were the most important ingredients. And that's, that's the, the unique positioning taught by the meat and dairy industry. It's a lie, of course. So anyway, I, uh, as a child, I thought it was normal, but I had terrible constipation, terrible stomach pains. At uh, age seven, I lost my tonsils due to my milk drinking. As a teenager, I was slow. I was uh, You're shaking my 12-year-old, by the way, to get his tonsils taken out. Three opinions, and no one will you know, side with me that he, he's got to learn breathing through his nose. He's got to go plant-based. He's got to do these things. Is that likely he may not need this tonsillectomy and aden adenoids yeah. removed? Yeah, Nick, uh, Dr. Boat in the early 1970s actually wrote an article, and you can find this in the plan book. It's cited there. How do I spell it? Dr. Boat, B-O-A-T. Okay. Dr. Boat, and uh, <clears throat> anyways, it's cited in the McDougal plan under the chapter on, on milk on dairy. So uh, Dr. Boat, he was taking care of uh, children who had such severe swelling of their adenoids and their tonsils that they couldn't breathe. And so they developed, uh, as a result, infiltrates in their lungs. I mean, they were really, really sick. And he took these kids and took them off cow's milk and all of them cured. Just, you know, the cow's milk, uh, the tonsils are there to protect us from an invading substance. And that substance being cow. So cow is presented, you know, at the mouth, which it's not supposed to be because that's not our food. And the, uh, the tonsils and adenoids, which are what is known as the Wallerian ring, they're the first line of defense and they attack the foreign protein, the cow milk protein. And as a result of this uh, constant invasion, the tonsils get worn out, they get sick, they get enlarged, and that's why you have to take them out. Now, most, most doctors today, they don't give a dietary advice, but they rarely remove tonsils like they did when I was a young man. Instead, they put kids on antibiotics, and most of the time it clears up, and they get over it. But anyway, Nick, so that was seven. Uh, my teenage years were fraught with, as I say, oily skin, acne. I wasn't overweight. And then I went to college, and it, going to college was a matter of uh, just walking through the dormitory line, the cafeteria line in the dormitory. You mentioned acne. I wrote a book with a board-certified dermatologist, Acne Be Gone for Good, and we show these before-after pictures using plant-based oil-free. You have some twins that cleared up their acne too, right, Dr. John? It would be the Nelson twins. But, uh, it, you know, everybody who has acne problems, it's going to clear up in a matter of about a month. Dairy and, and animal and, and fats. Oil, oil, oil and animal food. That's really hard, Dick, to separate out, uh, and it's not necessary, which are the individual components of the food that are causing the damage. You know, is it the cholesterol or the fat or the lack of fiber or the poor vitamin and mineral imbalance, uh, the, you know, or the resulting change in your microbiome, which is real popular today. 
but it's, it's you know, just look, it, the, the food is poisonous. The animal foods, you know, talking about the, the, the muscles and the secretions, et cetera, of animals, they're not intended for human beings. They're intended for another animal, say a kitty cat, or maybe a dog who's an omnivore. But human beings are designed as herbivores. We're plant eaters. We are starchivores, starchitarians. Starch eaters, you're supposed to eat starch until you figure that out. You are trapped. You won't get over your issues. Getting back to what you want to hear about, Nick, at 18, I uh, was in college. I'd been eating lots of rich food through the cafeteria line, through the dormitory. Rich. Meat, cheese, eggs. Oh, you know, I could, I, could, I could eat nine eggs in the morning for breakfast. I wanted. They were all free. And that was a big deal for me. <laughs> anyway, I, I woke up one morning very fatigued. And as the day went on, things got worse. And the next day, they shipped me down to Grace Hospital in Detroit, Michigan, where they did a spinal tap and eventually did an angiogram. And they found out I had a massive stroke, like an old person. Oh, my God. I was How old were you? You were in college. 18. 18. Uh, yeah, I was by my first. I was 18 and a half, my first year in college. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, as a result of that, for 54 years, it's about that. I didn't do the math. You know, I've walked with a limp. I've never been able to show a lot of skill when it comes to a windsurfer, even though I've been out there every day I could be trying to get that board to do what it's supposed to do. Uh, my, my poor jives are still terrible. Uh, I have this profound weakness on my left side due to the stroke even today, and I'm, you know, 74 years old. Since you were 18. Yeah. And then I, and then I, got, I got heavier, Nick. You know, I used to weigh 100 pounds more than I weigh now. Uh, but, you know, I got some fat. After the yeah, stroke. stroke, right? And I lost my appendix at age 24. I, I'd have been a heart my victim too. Yeah, I'd have been a heart disease victim or been dead by age 30. Uh, it was I, I was not destined to live long, or certainly not well. And I could clearly attribute the change in my health to the change in my diet, which was pretty much complete when I was 27 years old. I have eaten this way since I was 27 years old. And so if it was going to kill me or if it was the wrong thing to do, I think it would have showed up by now. <laughs> so was there something that went through your mind? I mean, I didn't quite get, you know, age 27. How did you change? What Was there someone oh, you saw? What, or happened, yeah, what, happened, what happened, Nick, is I had this experience of being a sugar plantation doctor where I was taking care of first, second, third, and fourth generation Filipinos, Japanese, Chinese. I was working on a sugar plantation on the big island of Hawaii for three years. I was very frustrated because my patients never got well, Nick. Those with chronic disease never got well, which was most of my patients. And uh, so I thought I was a terrible doctor. I went back into training and because I wanted to be a good doctor. I mean, there's no sense in spending your life doing something that is fraught with failure. And my life was fraught with failure trying to push drugs on people and excuses. So I went back to get a good education. And I uh, went to uh, the residency program, internal medicine residency at John Burns School of Medicine in Honolulu, only because of my desire to be a good doctor, not because my desire to keep myself alive or trimmer. It was that I wanted to be the kind of doctor where people, when I got done with our interaction, they'd look at me and they'd say, thank you. Thank you. You really helped me. You made a difference in my life. I needed to hear that, Nick, you know, because I wanted to enjoy my life. And true enjoyment comes from helping other people figure it out <laughs> i love it what an incredible story Any, anyway it just kept going on not that there weren't a few lumps and bumps along the way but mary and i've you know we've eaten since we were age 27 <laughs> a diet which has so little animal foods in it at the end of a year you could put it in one hand 
did Mary meet you when you were fat and she she took you in? I was I'm 140 pounds now. She took me in when I was 190. Wow, that's true love. And, and, and you were gimpy. I mean, I say gimpy in all respect. You were you were weak on your uh, right side. My, my right side uh, was lost as well. So actually, it was my left side. It was oh, my right side, my, right side of my brain. Okay. Yeah, I, I profoundly weak. As I said, I limped today. And yeah, oh, yeah I was easy to recognize uh, in the operating room when Mary and I met. Yeah, because I would walk with a limp, which gave a characteristic sound to my step. <laughs> you can always tell when I was coming down the hall. Yep. And, 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 and so who liked who first? Mary or, or you went after her? I, I, fell, I fell in love. Yeah? It was love at first sight. It took me years to convince her that I was the right guy. Wow. Yeah, I, think, yeah, I think she believes that now. Not sure. Otherwise, she's given up. She probably figures it's too late in life to find somebody else. I better resolve myself to being happy with that John guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Oh, very serious, Nick. I had to prove myself over and over again to be worthy. But... No, it was a love at first sight, and it was fine with me because, because I knew I would find the right woman when she showed up. I knew that because my parents told me that. My parents told me that if I was honest with myself, and when the right person showed up, I would know who she was. How did you transition? How did you together transition when here she showed up and you pursued her? But how did you did you convince her or she convinced you to change the diet? Was one of you, you know, the the point? It was was together, Nick. You know, we had this plantation sugar plantation experience. Mm -hmm. We're on the Big Island of Hawaii. We're so we were mixing, mingling with hippies back in those days in the seventies. Right, and uh, of course, some of those these hippies had already been the vegetarian route. Yep. So I was challenged. I say I was challenged by being a terrible doctor. My patients never got well because you can't push drugs and excuses at people with chronic dietary diseases and expect them to get well. It'd be naive. It'd be that never happens. That that was my main motivation. And then there are a lot of things along the way. Certainly, my union with Mary was essential for this to happen. Right. She's written all the recipes. Yep. Kept me well fed for almost fifty years now. We've been together fifty years. So, uh, you know, there have been many, many things. I got a great education. I've met a lot of really interesting people like yourself, Nick, and AJ, and, of course, some of our real heroes like uh, Dennis Burkett and Nathan Pritikin, et cetera, along the way. So, Roy Swank. I, I've had, I've, yeah, Roy Swank. I've had a lot of help. Heimlich. Heimlich. I don't think one of your great heroes. Heimlich. Yeah, Henry Heimlich was, uh, was actually when Henry Heimlich got sick. He, he came to me to get well. Henry Heimlich saved more lives than any other human being that's walked this earth. Not only with the Heimlich maneuver, but with the Heimlich chest valve. This is uh, when a soldier has a wound in the field. Heimlich developed a very simple technique for reinflating the lung. It's with a little balloon. Anyway, uh, it's called the Heimlich chest valve. That along with the Heimlich maneuver, he saved more fellow humans than any person who's walked this earth. And when Henry Hyman got sick, he came to my clinic. What an honor, huh? That was an amazing show. And now I want to put it all together for you. How do you locate these incredible natural herbs, organic, the best, designed to help you to improve your hormonal balance, give you energy, help you to look and feel great? DocNutrients.com. This is our sponsor. There is a special quiz. Please take the immune system 
quiz, and it's going to give you some incredible feedback and ideas about how to strengthen your immune system during these troubling times. Be well. It's 2021, and we're here to support you.